Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week and all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike Lepre, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This week we're on episode 62 of Screwball, and this week we have another light news week as we've had in kind of some previous weeks here. Uh, not much uh, super important stuff to talk about, but we do have a cool topic uh, we thought with the impending um, uh, CBA agreement that is going to go into effect next season. So they got to start. You're going to start hearing news about it shortly. I'm sure um, they do have to have it negotiated and done. Um, so instead of leading off with the news, like we usually do, maybe go into a news topic that flows into our, our, our uh, topic. Uh, we're just going to start with the, the topic and then go into the news afterwards. So I'll let Frank kind of lead this one off. Cause it was, it was uh, more of a, a thing that I had no idea about going into the episode. So I'll let Frank lead off with what's going on with the CBA and, and he can kind of hit us off with the topic and, you know, get us going. Yeah. Um, as we've seen uh, last year with the, the, the shortened season because of COVID, we had the CBA or the players union and the, the MLB work to try working it out, working together to get the season going. A big issue last year, obviously they couldn't match up what they wanted together. Big reason was because the players association couldn't give in to the MLB because they knew a CBA was coming up. So with the CBA, obviously the worries are, could there be a strike? Could there be a delayed season because of the you know CBA? It's a very tough year to do CBA because the revenue sharing and the revenue they brought in for two years. So there's going to be back and forth there. I mean, all the new rules MLB wants to try putting in or the players want to put in and stuff like that. Uh, you know, is there going to be universal DH? Probably has to be passed on, though. Is there going to be uh, the extra inning rules? Is that going to stay? Who knows? Is there going to be the three batter minimums? Is that going to stay? Pitch clocks, is there going to be... Uh, part of the contracts, part of CBA, uh, you know, electronic strike zone. Is there going to be a minor league pay increase um, in the CBA? Is there going to be – there's so many things to talk about. Shift. Is there going to be a shift, you know, boundary, I guess you could say. You know, is there going to be division realignment, possibly, if there's new expansion teams? Is there going to be a new playoff format? You know, there's that league thing that ESPN signed a seven-year deal, and in that it says best of three wild card series. They get the rights to. That's in the right in the TV. Well, that kind of leads you to the idea that there's going to be a best of three playoff series at some point. Mm -hmm. So is that going to be? So you got all these questions, and then you have the players' union. Obviously, they got to get the best deal. The owners got to get the best deal. They have to make money. So, you know, we're in a spot right now where it's 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 the CBA is every for every sport. It's always an issue, as we see with football. They're out of strike. Um, and baseball always seems to have strikes in the past. Um, basketball had an issue. Which you know, strikes short in the year not long ago. Mm-hmm. Hockey uh, been on the been on the fringe of that for a while too, especially in a sport like baseball, who's trying to keep their popularity and keep growing. Um, a, a strike would hurt them, but but the issue is, are we going to get a strike short season, or are we going to have some sort of issues with the revenue? I think the revenue and the, the COVID seasons here could cause a big issue, and then the rules. So I just wanted to bring up, you know, that's our topic today is is the CBA. Do we think that a deal can get made quickly? And do we think negotiations are going to kind of run more smoothly than they did with the COVID? I think they will. I think you might get the stories that come out like we did with COVID where there's big issues and stuff. 
But when push comes comes to shove, like we seen with COVID, when they knew the season was was on the line, they got done. Mm. They knew what they were doing. They were just going to keep using it as a negotiation tactic. Like, well, well, we'll just push the season back. We'll just not have a season. You're not, you know, they weren't doing that. And the owners definitely aren't going to do that because they already lost money for two years. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they're going to strike short and lose money for third year. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah, your yeah. teams like Atlanta, when the reports came out, said that they're in debt quite a bit of money because of the stadium. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't have a lot of the years to catch, you know, pay the stadium back, pay their loans back to make the stadium because if, you know, the seasons. Same with the Rangers. are going to have, you know, you're going to see reports with them. They're, they obviously owe a lot of money because they didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. So I think the CBA is going to run. You know, you might see some articles and stuff and it might seem like it's maybe a little rocky, but I think it'll run rel- relatively smooth. They got to get a deal done. Yeah, at the end of the season, there is no contract for baseball next year. I think the CBA and the Player Association, I think uh, the MLB Commissioner's Office, they'll work together. I think we'll have a, a good transition. I think everything will kind of flow nice. You just might have some some things come out, some stories and headlines that are, look a little troublesome, but I think we'll be all right. Um, I think they'll get it done. And I think the players and free agency is gonna gonna get a big a big jump because the players have been t- signing the smaller deals, waiting for the CBA, and the CBA is gonna come in. They're gonna take their big money and they're gonna take their TV deals and stuff like that. It's gonna change the landscape of free agency and, and league. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right there. I think the free agency's got to see a bit of a bump because players are afraid to sign the long term deals. You know, in in fear that uh, teams are less uh, willing to give those deals out. You know, there's a lot of problems there with that. Um, so you can see that start to change. I think that there will be problems with the CBA. I don't think that they'll, I think it's like you said, like at the end of the day, they'll get it done because when, like you said, when push comes to, comes to shove, they want to play at the end of the day, the owners want to make money. Players want to play. It's just as simple as that. Could there be a strike? Absolutely. I, I could definitely see it because there seems to be uh, some sort of disconnect between the players and the, and the owners. There definitely seems to be some, some strife there. I wouldn't say it's bad enough to where there would be a strike, but like I said, I could see it. Uh, I, personally, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe that's the optimist in me talking. Like I just don't want it to happen. But I do. I do see the sides working together. And as much as they they both like to go back and forth, and like you said, you see the reports come out, and you know it seems like it's worse than it is. I think that's negotiating tactics too, to a point. They they both know that if they leak stuff and release stuff, um, it makes the one side look worse or, you know what I mean? It's negotiating stuff and it happens. Um, so it's, it's important for, for fans looking on the outside, looking in to realize that these, this is kind of business and it just is what it is. Things go back and forth. You know, they don't just strike a deal as soon as they start negotiating. It's just not how things work. But a, a bigger point that you, you, that, you know, we want to talk about that you brought up was what rules we could see. Could we see God forbid robo umps? Could we see, um, that extra innings rule expanded or or stay as is or uh, universal DH, which I'm obviously in, uh, I've been a big uh, proponent of that. You know, what, what could we see? Well, what, what do they have up their sleeve? What are the players willing to, to do versus what are the owners willing to do? You know, that's it's all going to be super interesting. I hope they don't go too far like like what Manfred wants and, and his and, and that whole uh, scene in the in the upper management. I don't mind some change. We've we've talked on here previous episodes about what we like and what we don't like. So I don't I don't mind minor changes. I don't like I don't I don't mind maybe like another uh, a playoff team or two. Expansion teams are always I feel a little exciting. But like you said, then it questions. Well, what happens to divisions? They're all perfectly lined up right now. So then, do you do you do like you said a conference thing? Do you do one in the AL, one in the NL, and do you just do like 
like a few years ago where the NL Central had six teams. You yeah. know, do you do something like that? I mean, there's all there's a bunch of stuff to consider, and it's all conjecture right now because we don't know. There's we can guess based on previous history with the Players Association and and the owners, but it is just a lot of conjecture. We don't know. We we don't we have any hard write-ups or anything like that or hard reports yeah. coming out. So. Yeah, and a big thing, too, with the, with the CBA and, and the Players Association is, um, oddly enough, what we've just seen with players like Kalnick, where you have the CEO, former CEO of the Mariners, who pretty much came out and was like, yeah, we're not going to play him because, you know, we want him an extra year. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big part of the CBA. We've seen with Chris Bryant years ago with mm-hmm. a big issue. So that's going to be talked about. And again, the minor leagues and – and, uh, you know, the revenue sharing is always the big thing. Uh, player safety and length of season. Is it going to go back down to, you know, 154? Mm-hmm. Uh, the playoffs. When are we starting? Uh, are we going to do international games? Are we going to, you know, what? There's so much stuff that we think is, is big things. But there's also the money and, and the, the contracts and all that stuff that you don't ever see. It's, you know, it's not the flashy stuff in the CBA. That's true. Um, so uh, there's already been some rumblings of Players Association and, that will be union and stuff like that. They're talking about negotiations and kind of writing some very, uh, get, putting their notes out, I guess, to each other. So there's been talks about some sort of negotiations, but they obviously have to continue to work on that because at the end of the season, whenever the official year ends, which I think is middle of December, mm-hmm. I think that's why the winter meetings in the middle of January, the season's over and baseball's technically not under contract. So we have to the end of this year to actually get really to get CBA. And then at that point, obviously a deal can get done after that and still the season all runs smoothly, but that's when you start getting, okay, well, we're, we don't have a season right now. Yeah. So at the end of this year, we really got to start seeing some movement, some very big movement and start seeing, you know, how the league's going to change, how we're going to be set up and just see where we're at. Hopefully that, uh, you know, mend some of the tensions we've had here in the last, really, I would say two to three years, we've had tensions with the player association, and the MLB union, the commissioner's office with some rule changes and the way the minor league has been handled and the cheating scandals we've had and then COVID. So I think it's really been battle tested already. Yeah, that's true. So, um, but hopefully I think we'll, everything will work out. It just might be pushed, uh, pushed the boundaries or pushed the envelope a little bit closer than people would want, but I think it'll all come out. And I think the, the final answer would be, uh, you know, good for both sides and good for the fans for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, you never know what can happen in negotiations. Uh, you know, uh, who's uh, who's the most outspoken for the players' association? Who's the most outspoken for the owners? You know, will they um, butt heads a lot? Will it it take? Will it almost take too long? And that causes it. Not that they're not going to get the deal done, but it just to get to that resolution is is uh, a bit of a a road. But I I do I do think it'll be okay. Like I said, I could see a strike um, just because there's been previous problems. And it's kind of like a thing of, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I could absolutely see it happen. Will it be bad? Will it be like an infamous, you know, 94. like like 94 strike or will it be anything like that? No, 80, I don't think. I, whatever what was that, 83 or yeah, whatever when think, they had like half a season. And yeah, it was in the 80s. I think it, was, it might have been 83. But yeah, yeah, in that same vein where it's almost like I think with another strike. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they have two pockets Johnson and, yeah. and the fellas <laughs> yeah. negotiating their their ten thousand dollar a year wages or whatever. Yeah. But no, I don't think we're at that far of a disconnect. Could we be? Maybe behind the scenes we don't know something. Uh, 
maybe, but I mean, to my knowledge, it, it doesn't seem like we're at that point. Um, they do seem to agree on stuff. And like you said, they're battle tested. They had to do the COVID negotiations. You know, they, there was the cheating stuff, which obviously didn't go over well for, you know, the, the owners and, and yeah, most people would say that was a failure. I would agree with that. So there's been things that they have had discussed before. It's not like they're just throwing stones at each other from afar. They've had to sit in a room together and get things done, and they've, they've done it before. Um, they know what's on the line. They should know what's on the line. And at the end of the day, I do think, yeah, I, I do think that they'll, they'll get it done. But, but you never know what gets thrown in there. Then say they get it done, but then we as baseball fans are left, well, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? So that could also be a thing, you know, where, where we have the season, but it, it, like I said, the robo umps, which I know a lot of, there's a division. I, I, from what I can see, there's a division on what people think of it. I hate the idea of the robo umps. I, I do like the human element of, of, you have I'm not as bad as Angel Hernandez, but you do have a guy that yeah. this is his plate. That's how he calls the game. And I do like stuff like that. I mean, there's a million things we could talk yeah. about. This could, this could take, uh, I mean, this could be a five-hour episode on everything that they could change, but yeah. um, but for the most part, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, and I just wanted to bring it up just because there has been some some minor rumblings and some stuff I've seen briefly about you know the CBA and that coming up, and obviously the old rules and stuff are going to be a big impact. But it's just an idea that the season when it ends, there's there's obviously no CBAs now, so hopefully, you know, keep an eye on it, see what they're what they're trying to do, what the rules are saying, and. And just see what's going on with the CBA and, and just, you know, just keep your eyes and ears open for it. Because um, as much as it doesn't seem to be like, well, that's not current day baseball. It's not what's going on in the league. Without a CBA, there is no baseball. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's playing a game without a ball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just keep keep your eyes open for that. And, and hopefully everything runs smoothly and uh, the changes that are needed are, are made and, and things are all hunky-dory, I guess you could say. Sure. Yeah, that, that one can hope. You know, I mean, putting your hope in the uh, in Manfred and the fellas are uh, risky business. You know, putting yeah. your faith in them. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I do think they value just putting a good, you know, putting a product on the field. Whether they think it's good or not is up to them. But they do, you know, they do run it out there, and they yeah. do want to have baseball being played. Yeah, so. and they need the money <clears throat> for for the, the people who owners who paid the money for these teams. They need the money. But also, I think they had the pressure of, uh, let's just right, be right down and honest, they got the pressure of certain players, especially a player like Trout. We already lost games of his career in the prime of his career. Do you really want to mess around with a strike and really miss the prime of Mike Trout's career, one of the greatest we've seen? Um, I know you said that, well, look like at 94, but it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. You know, they missed uh, years of Ken Griffey there. It's like, do you really want to do that? And I believe that year, just to add on to that, I believe you had that year two guys, if not just Tony Gwynn, shooting for a 400 average yeah, at that point. Yeah, so they have that pressure on them as well to see some of these unbelievable big names in the game entry starting to change and get some faces to the game. Do you really want to affect that, hurt that? So they have their own pressures. You know, it might seem stupid or, or like that's not what they're thinking about. They're thinking about that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> They should be. But... uh Anyway, that's pretty much it. That was our topic of today since we couldn't really figure anything else out, but figured out it was a big one because that's uh, that's the, the pen and paper of, of, the ba- of the game baseball. Yeah. You need that or you don't have it. Yeah. Officially, so. Yeah. In the big business of baseball, you got to, owners got to make money and the players got to put the product out there that, that earns them the, the value, you know? So it, if you want to look at it just from a business standpoint, it's got to get done from that standpoint, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, you know, I'm going to look out for it. I know, uh, I know you'll be looking out for it. So hopefully, uh, 
you know, if you're listening, you, you start to see stuff and stay engaged and just know what, what kind of product will be on the field next year. But that was our, that was our topic of conversation. We didn't, haven't gotten into our news yet. So I'll lead us off here with uh, the number one piece of news. Like I said, kind of slow news week, nothing really uh, earth shattering going on, but uh, number one, we talked about it last week and I think we even maybe even uh, guessed that this would be the topic next this week. Uh, Albert Pujols has found a new home. While many baseball fans are hoping for a Cardinals reunion, uh, reuni- excuse me, reunion with the future Hall of Famer, uh, Dodgers were the team to snag Albert Pujols. Uh, it has been reported by CBS Sports that two to three teams, uh, three, two to three more teams other than the Dodgers were interested, uh, but ultimately Albert felt that the Dodgers were the best choice. Uh, there is a noted lack of depth for position players in the Dodgers, and Pujols can fill a platoon role at first base with Muncie in the meantime. So we talked about it before. We, we started recording here, but you know, you have Corey Seager goes down. There's an, uh, there's, you know, an empty slot at shortstop. I believe Edwin Rios is out for the year. Cody Bellinger's on the IL right now. Uh, and regardless, uh, the Dodgers seem to have a pretty hefty lefty lineup. So adding a righty bat in pool host who seems to be disgruntled and, uh, you know, not happy with the angels and trying to prove something. Uh, this was a, team that surprised me would get him I didn't even think it was really in the realm of possibility but the more I think about it the more it does make a bit of sense is it the perfect fit I think for him no but it does make sense from a depth pers- like for the Dodgers makes sense for their depth and it makes sense for pool host because they probably said hey listen you're gonna play against lefties that's a guarantee and while these guys are on the shelf you're gonna be playing like tonight they have Muncie playing second and pool host is back and clean up he doesn't mm-hmm. have to move He's still in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's it, – it, it's not a bad move for him. If you really break it down, it, it, it makes more sense. But originally when you see it, you're like, ugh, ugh. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense. It's not bad. Um, like I said, he's batting clean up today. Go smash the draft books. Or he's hitting home run today. Put that mm-hmm. down. Write that down. He might even hit two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll hit a home run today. But um, hey, glad to see he's just in the league, continuing to pad onto a career that's – arguably one of the greatest I think top 10 pure hitters we've ever seen play the game and I you guys listened before I have him as the greatest first baseman who ever played baseball so mm-hmm. um, this is a pretty big deal yeah pretty good pickup for the Dodgers to get the best first baseman of all yeah. time and, and, and I'm not a Dodgers fan but I'll root for that that young man yeah, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know good for, good for good for the Dodgers to, to do that for him and good for him to um, to find a home yeah, they didn't seem to hesitate on it. What's he going to miss here, a week of baseball? You know, yeah, week, week plus? They're paying him $420,000. Angels are paying him $30 million. So, you know, you're getting Albert Pulos for, in this sport, you know, uh, use tissue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so good luck to him. Hopefully he, he gets a lot of – I know he wants the playing time. That's uh, I've heard a lot of reports of that, that he wants to start. He doesn't just want to be the bench yeah, he guy. He wants to play, you know, <clears throat> maybe, you know, 60% of the game. Or or, so. Well, yeah, he wants to start – he doesn't – yeah, he he doesn't want to be the starter, but he doesn't want to be the bench guy. Yeah, he doesn't he want, want to be playing once a week. Yeah, exactly. So, so. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Good for him and good for good for baseball, really. Sure. And number two we have here is a little bit of a record-setting moment here for uh, uh, Corbin Burns. Uh, he set the record uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio to start the season. Brewers emerging star Corbin Burns has been nothing short of dominant to start the season and set a new record last week at 58 strikeouts before allowing a walk. He passed Kenley Jansen in, in 2017, who had the previous record of 51 strikeouts before allowing a walk. Pretty impressive start. 
of the season to Corbin Burns. It's been noted already by a lot of uh, news outlets and, uh, you know, anyone that watches the game. Um, Brewers pitching uh, has been pretty good this season on the back of him and uh, Brandon Woodruff, yeah. and they're, they're uh, already noted good bullpen. <clears throat> but I thought, obviously, this was a cool stat. Um, you know, start the year, you're into May. Obviously, he had some – I believe he had some injury concerns. So, you know, maybe date it back a little bit if he starts every game. But, I mean, you're into May – and you don't allow a walk, that's pretty damn good, as a starter especially. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty damn good. Yes, that's, that's great, uh, especially for this day and age where it's throw hard and don't know where she's going kind of thing. Uh, great for him, good for the, the Brewers, a good thing he took a step for his um, career and for the Brewers' uh, sake, for competitiveness. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a great record to hold there, 58 strikeouts and no walks. That's awesome. That's awesome for a starter too because that's multiple innings, you know, and – Let's say your offense has a long inning. You come out, you you know, you throw one close pitch. It's called the ball. The next one slips. You're two zero. You know, mm-hmm. you pinched a little bit. All of a sudden, you walk guy. You don't think that much. You know, so you know, and he's not a super overpowering guy. Where you just you know, I throw 102. I can throw fastballs out in the middle, and you know, most likely I'm not gonna not gonna get hit around too much. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a good ERA and those strikes, and that's good for him. It's it's part of the game. We uh, an old school part of the game. We don't really see to to throw strikes and make him beat you. Sure. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a cool record, and uh, like I said, good for him and good for the Brewers pitching that we yeah. kind of we criticized yeah early in the season. So yeah. so good for them. Yeah. So yeah, uh, some other some other news I have. Um, I seem to always bring some of the worst news out. I think uh, CBA issues is a topic, and uh, baseball fun in the past. I always bring the best parts, I guess. Sure. But um, <laughs> the possibility of Oakland losing the A's, losing all their sports teams. We've mentioned this in the past, but it is actually on the table right now as MLB has given uh, the Oakland A's permission to seek a new city. And there is a proposal, as we mentioned uh, two weeks ago, there's a proposal on the table for for them to stay in Oakland. There's another side proposal that doesn't seem to be quite up there, but there's also another chance there. So there was two proposals to keep them in Oakland, but they did get permission to seek a new city. And oddly enough, one of the cities they could be seeking is Las Vegas, uh, which baseball has tried keeping out of, but no, they can't keep out of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think circa Pete Rose for that one. But um, Las Vegas is, is a destination for them. Some other places I, I have kind of took notice to. Uh, Portland has gone ballistic for the idea of getting a baseball team. They've sent out mul- multiple building this massive stadium and all this crazy stuff to get a team to go there. Look for that. Montreal dying to get a team back there. And then you have an emerging city, really, I think, in, in the people's minds, of Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Which can go ballistic for a team. Mm-hmm. So, some areas for them to look for. But, um, yeah, Oakland has uh, permission to seek at least a new city to just, you know, maybe lay some groundwork. Be like, oh, this doesn't work out. We have some info here to go here. Sure. So, um, that's huge news. And another bit of good news, actually, here is uh, the full capacity. Um, Phillies, we're going to see full capacity June 12th. Uh, New York teams, Mets and Yankees, we're going to see 33% this Friday. Atlanta, we see full capacity now. The Rangers, I believe Houston's at full capacity or close. I'm not sure that's a team-wise thing there. Colorado expects to have full capacity by the All-Star break or All-Star game, if not already. Um, So we're seeing a lot of full capacity and fuller capacities at the very least, which is great to see, uh, get fans back in and and just kind of get us fully back to normal because it's feeling pretty close to normal. So getting full capacity in a lot of these stadiums and closer full capacity is awesome, especially for us baseball fans who want to go watch a game in person. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So um, 
that's that's great news to see. Especially Philly is one of the harder, harsher cities with their restrictions. To mm-hmm. see them go full capacity by uh, June twelfth is is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it makes life easier for us uh, living here on the East Coast to go see baseball games. You know, because we've been other than you know obviously California, uh, one of the more strict areas of the country. <clears throat> with this, you know, with the COVID restrictions. So yeah. uh, having, you know, people getting their vaccinations and, and people uh, getting out more and, and life getting a little bit more back to normal here is always good to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't really. Florida's full capacity too, right? Florida's back to normal. Florida's been, I believe Florida <laughs> and Texas were one of the first to open stuff, correct? I, I know they lifted their mask mandate early. Yeah, I believe that's. Um, so I believe it was them too uh, in the South yeah. that were Other that than, were you know, the race, um New Orleans, they, they, their fans still keep the social distance because all seven of them. Yeah, they, um, not many of them going to games anyway. No, I don't fill the stadium up, which is, <laughs> which is, which is crazy, especially with a team like the race. But uh, yeah, yeah, but a lot of stadiums open up full capacity and, and more capacity, and that's that's great. And hopefully, for for the sake of uh, fan base and the sake of players and the sake of everything, uh, hopefully uh, the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, can actually get back to Toronto and play a game there, especially knowing there are a playoff bound team. Yeah. At this point in their in their franchise, yeah. So hopefully they can get a playoff game in Toronto. Would be great for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, got a feel for those fans. I can't, I can't really do nothing about it. You know, yeah. there's, you know, it's just a different country, so it's, you know, different rules and different laws. So it, it just is what it is. But yeah, that's all. That's good stuff. Uh, who knows what happens with Oakland? Um, I mean, you never know with them in anything. No, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't seem to work out. No. If you're an Oakland an Oakland fan, it doesn't seem to work out. And I've been on the wrong side of that mm-hmm. so i know yeah um sure. as a raiders fan feels good now that they're in a good stadium but it doesn't sit right yeah yeah i know so, what you mean but yeah. uh hopefully they work it all out mm-hmm. um the last piece of news here before we go into our hot and cold teams uh just a little uh scuff uh, you know a little argument in the in the dugout on sunday uh joe Girardi and gene segura uh, during a 10-8 to 8 loss to the Blue Jays on Sunday, the television broadcast showed an apparent confrontation between manager Joe Girardi and second baseman Gene Segura. Uh, incident was most likely sparked by Segura's two errors in the game, uh, to which neither side gave clarity on the post-game interviews. I believe uh, um, Girardi basically shut down the question, just said just catch the ball or just field the ball or something. He said something to that to that regard. Could be a sign of frustration on the part of the Phillies uh, as they sit 21-20 and 20 on the season. Uh, not obviously the worst record, but... Um, Half the game out of first. And yeah, I mean, with with you know that whole division really underperforming, <laughs> you know, you you have to imagine that there's frustration on underperformance and and not being able to jump on an underperforming. You know, the Mets are supposed to be very good. The Braves are obviously we picked both picked them to be very good this season, so it could be a little frustration. Could be a little frustration themselves. You know, it it just uh, it is what it is. Um, but I th- thought it was uh, strange, especially a guy like Girardi, who's unless it's at the umpire, usually pretty good with his guys. You know, yeah, so well, you know, you gotta send a message sometimes, and sometimes a temper's flare. But sending a message in a close game and, and showing that, like, hey, we gotta hustle, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, mm-hmm. we gotta care. Um, and see Segura kind of fight back. Um, sometimes you say, well, you know, you don't want a player fighting back, but it shows he cares too. So sometimes yeah. you just need a little, you know, a little, you know, kick in the ass, or sometimes you just need a manager and everyone to kind of be like, hey, let's go, you know, and, mm-hmm. and get on each other a little bit. So it, it definitely wasn't the worst thing you're gonna see. No, um, and I think it really. Uh, it's going to be on the better side of terms there for, yeah. for the Phillies. It's going to work out better. It wasn't like a fist fight, uh, Lou Pinella style, but, no. um, or Billy Martin or any of those yeah, guys. Yeah, Reggie and Billy. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's going to be on the good, you know, the better side of things um, for them. So, um, yeah, just a little emotion and, uh, you know, shows how much games matter here in May and stuff to yeah. everybody. Yeah, I even seen reports coming out. Well, 
you know, the Twins' playoff chances dwindling. I've seen stuff like that already coming yeah. out. So oh, these I, games I, matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At this point, for teams like that, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Whew. But, yeah, uh, they're they're rough. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see a little little motion though. So uh, sure. I think it's going to work on the on the better side for the Phillies. Yeah, they're a good team, and and like you said, they clearly care. It's not if they wouldn't be yelling like that if if they didn't care. Yeah. So uh, it's a good sign in that regard. A little yeah. silver lining. Uh, and then the the wrap up uh, number four, who's doing the best right now? Uh, the White Sox currently on the best record in the league at twenty four and fifteen, with the Red Sox and the A's right behind them at twenty five and seventeen. Uh, there's just like a point five point oh fifteen winning percentage difference, I think, in those two those two records. Uh, over in the NL, the Giants still on the best record at twenty four and sixteen, which is good for second in the MLB. So the you know White Sox, A's, Red Sox, and Giants still kind of at the top here. Uh, White Sox hold the best run differential at plus 61. The Tigers still on the worst at minus 69, um, which, I mean, at this point, are you surprised? Probably not. I, and I'm not going to – it's like I said last week, I I, I don't want to keep putting them down no. as the worst run, run differential, but hopefully – Just oh. in total, the city of Detroit and their sports have just been beaten I know. to death. I know you wish. Well, I, I think good good days are coming for the Tigers at some point. I think for all the teams. Well, you got. Well, I shouldn't say that. No, who no one knows about the Pistons. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the Red Wings stink. They're on the right Red Wings. Yeah. Don't the squids out there. They'll be back. Don't yeah, worry. I'm but a Red Wings the Tigers fan, so. are on the fence. They're coming. They're coming close. And the Lions. Well, that's just that. Yeah, it's so the you, Lions. Yeah, as long as they're not on 16, I guess you're you're rooting for the right. You're going the right direction. So. Yeah. Um. Oh, and seventeen now, I guess, for football. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's good. I mean, it's some other hot teams I got here. Um, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are doing well. The White Sox, as you mentioned, the Astros since the COVID debacle and people coming back for them have been playing well. The Mets were on a little hot streak there, and the Padres just got done sweeping the Cardinals, which was like the first time they'd done that in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cardinals were a team that was hot as well. We mentioned last week. Some teams to throw out that aren't doing good. The Royals uh, after their hot start lost eleven straight. Wow. Um, obviously back on the winning side now, but that's pretty crazy. The Twins, um, boy, they're they're, they're uh, as much talent as they have and the way they're going. Uh, jobs are on the line. Head sure. coaching jobs on the line right now. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that's what Rocco Baldelli. I believe it still is. Yeah, yeah. He's got to f- figure his his stuff out over there because uh, it won't be long here if you've got a team like that and you're you're not at least competing. Another team we got the Rangers not doing well. Diamondbacks. And the Rockies. So there's some teams there, some kind of expected, but uh, there's some cold teams. It's hot and cold teams just to throw out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh team like the Twins just got too much talent, you think. And it's like we said with the Braves and the Dodgers and the Yankees. They just got too much talent. It's got a law of averages. Just got to all work out at some point. But it is a little strange. But you know what, though? we, we You know, the Nationals stunk up to this point in the season, and they won the World Series. So I guess you can't quite put that flag up yet, maybe. You know, it kind of takes a season like that to turn it around. So then to move on to our who's hot and who's not players, um, start off here with our players of the week. Number one, Aaron Judge, uh, 571 average, 1333 slugging at 1973 OPS. Uh, was just hitting the cover off the ball, hitting his home runs like uh, like you kind of want him to. So coming off of a pretty damn cold and ugly week, he, he turned it around and had the hot week. So uh, we'll see where he goes from there. And number two, the NL uh, Player of the Week, Josh Fuentes for the Rockies, had a 500 average, a 909 slugging, a 1431 OPS. It Ooh. seems like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it seems like the Rockies always got hitting, yeah. even when they're bad like this. They there always seems to be guys hitting for them. So yeah, good for Josh um, Fuentes and, and the Rockies there. Yeah, and then number three, I got uh, Jonathan Daza, if I'm saying that name right. Yeah. Um, 
a 609 average over the last week, a 739 slugging at 1379 OPS. Not quite the the power. For who? The Rockies. They got two of them right here. Um, and they're cold. And they're still in the cold list. I was going to say, they're still cold. I don't know. Uh, and I know you're going to get into pitchers. I believe they have a hot pitcher on there, too. So I, I'm not sure uh, what's going on. But, yeah, the, he didn't quite have the uh, slugging and the, and the power that, I guess, Fuentes had. And, uh, 609. That's all right. It's a pretty good week, yeah. yeah uh, let's say. No. Um, number four, I got Max Muncie with a 500 average, 1,000 slugging, and a 1571 OPS. Signed Pujols. He's like, well, here comes my job, so I better start hitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, Muncie, we, we all kind of know, is a, a pretty damn good hitter. Had a pretty rough 2020, if I'm not mistaken, and a rough start to the season yes. here. So, uh, pretty encouraging for Dodger fans to see him start to get going a little bit here, for sure. And then number five, Tim Anderson, uh, 458 average over the last week, 667 slugging, 1185 OPS. He's been good all season, I think. Uh, he's been good for quite a few years now, so it's no surprise here that uh, he's hitting like this. He's one of the more exciting players. And no surprise, the White Sox are playing as good as they are. You got production like that um, yeah. out of your out of your shortstop. So, you yeah. know, so it's yeah. great. Yeah, some other guys to mention, uh, again, with the White Sox, Jose Abreu playing well. Uh, started off uh, a little cold there, had that, that collision with Hunter Dozier. Looked a little scary there, but um, had a good week. And uh, Yandy Diaz for the race, uh, one of the few guys for the race that are actually hitting. Yeah. Uh, so those are some guys here to throw out there. Some pitchers I want to throw out, uh, Rich Hill. Uh, pitched great against the Yankees. Uh, he pitched, he shut him down. For a guy that was like 17 miles per hour, he's 49 years old. So. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Lance McCullers is doing great this year. Yeah. All, yeah. All, but recently doing very well. Uh, Anthony Descafani for the Giants. Uh, Disco, he's pitching well this year, but overall, recently. The Rockies, you mentioned, Chichi Gonzalez mm-hmm. pitching well. And Liam Hendricks for the White Sox. Uh, a couple saves last week and uh, a couple innings uh, no earned. So he's pitching well. So yeah, I mean, we, there's some guys there that you don't really don't think you'll see much. Chichi Gonzalez and Rich Hill and, and really Discafani, you don't really expect to see too, too much on these lists. So some extra names you don't really hear of too much. Sure, yeah, it's always good to see guys that, that are like like Josh Fuentes living, winning player of the week. It's not a name that, you know, you're yeah. going to see too, too often. You know, you see his name here. I have with the hot list next to Max Muncie, Tim Anderson, and Judge. You know, that's a good good company. Yeah. But unfortunately, you have to get into the cold guys as well. So the five cold guys I have this week are uh, number one, Eddie Rosario, .050 average, uh, .050 slugging, and a .224 OPS over the last week. Um, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he was on the cold list last week too. Um, yeah, he'll get going. Yeah, but, uh, you know, another example, um, like you said, of a guy that, that, you know, you start to get this cold streak and, you know, you get out of it. These guys are too good. You'll get out of it at some point, you think. But, <laughs> you know, it's got to gotta start getting going. Uh, number two, I have Jed Lowry, uh, 100 average over the last week of the 150 slugging at 293 OPS. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team and he just makes my head hurt cause I love Jed Lowry, but like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Mets fans don't, but no, nah, barely. Number three, got Ahire Adrianza, if I'm saying that correctly, um, for the Braves, uh, 100 average over the last week, 100 slugging and a 243 OPS. The Braves have been very wishy-washy this year, if even you could even consider them that. They've been very underwhelming so far. I get another guy right here for the Braves as well. Um, and I also have two Braves on my fantasy team that are just very frustrating uh, at the moment, even though they're very talented in Freddie Freeman and, and Ozuna. They'll get going, though. God, I hope so. Um, number four, I have Dansby Swanson. Uh, 130 average over the last week, 261 slugging, 415 OPS. On the better side of these guys I have listed here, for sure. 
But, I mean, a 130 average is never really a 261 <laughs> slugging. You should be at least batting that if you're Dansby Swanson. So not a great week for him. And like I said, just kind of speaks to the Braves not really getting it going here. And number five, I have Nick Madrigal with a 130 average, a uh, 174 slugging, and a 304 OPS. Um, Nick Madrigal's a guy that is just a pure contact guy, putting the ball in play. I believe he has one of the lowest strikeout rates in the league, yes, if not yes. the lowest. Um, a guy that I'm quickly really starting to like here. But with that, you know, I don't suspect he'll be on this on this list long. And if I, I didn't look at his strikeouts for the week, maybe his strikeouts were up. Maybe he just had a rough week with swinging at stuff or, you well, know, I don't know. Just to give you a quick update on him, he's a one for one today. Oh, there you go. So well, he's back on track. Heard we were talking about him. So, uh, yeah, so some of the other cold guys I got, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, I don't think he had a hit. That's the, what, $100 million man you wanted to be. Uh, yeah, good for him. Um, Mike Trout struggling. Yeah, might Surprising, but blue pit yesterday to end up winning the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll get he'll get going now after that. So mm-hmm. he starts to have a Longoria, uh, Calhoun, and Seth Brown. Some guys, some other guys struggling, and some pitchers that are, aren't doing great. Chase Anderson got beat up. Andrew Heaney been struggling a little bit. Uh, Kershaw had a short start of his career. Yeah. Um, Pablo Lopez after a good start of the year had a little bit of struggle here. And a uh, big name as I know, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, one a third, eight earned against the Dodgers. Um, ballooned his ERA all the way up to just at four, mm-hmm. which is still with a start like that is, is, is tells you how good he was doing. Sure, uh, but there's some names there that aren't doing very good to add on to what you guys you already mentioned. Yeah. So, one guy to take a look at though uh, was really struggling this year, uh, but got going. Matt Chapman, so good for him to get yeah. going because he was really struggling. Yeah, he was um, ice cold. Yeah, so he's getting going. That That's good for him because he's a very well-liked and likable guy. So I just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, just to get into some of the our last little bit here is injuries, and that's it's always the worst thing to talk about. You know, some big names injured this year, but here's yeah. here's some names here I just want to throw out. Nate Pearson, day-to-day in the minors. Um, Aaron Hicks, IL, uh, wrist injury. Torres in the COVID IL. Uh, Gene Carl Stanton placed in the IL. Kenta Maeda left the game early. Ty France in the IL. Ronald Acuna was put, uh, he was day-to-day. He's back today. Uh, Pinch it yesterday, back today fully. That's very good. Uh, McNeil and Conforto both left the game, both placed in the IL. Well, both of them went hamstring injuries. Mm-hmm. So stretch that out over here to Mets because that's two guys in the same day, same mm-hmm. inning, I believe. Yeah. Um, Harper and JT Realmuto both placed, uh, both day-to-day, not on the IL. Mm-hmm. Calm down, Philly fans. <laughs> uh, Paul DeJong in the IL with a fractured rib. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. Corey Seager broke his hand, as Mike mentioned. Tough blow for them. Uh, Drew Pomerantz placed in the IL for the Padres. That's a big part of their bullpen. Mm-hmm. And then on the better side of things, I guess you could say, Rendon is back again. Uh, Corbin Burns missed, I believe, two 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 weeks or so with the COVID-related stuff. Something He's like back. That, yeah. and, you know, Sam broke the record. Strasburg almost back, doing a rehab. Seth Lugo almost back for the Mets. Alberto Mondesi doing rehab. He's almost back. Uh, G-Man Choi, hopefully for the Rays, because they've been struggling. Very near to being back, and Santander ready to go on rehab. So yeah. um, there's some good names and good good news to some some teams and some players too. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, notable uh, injury names there that you know you never like to see. You never like to see anyone get hurt, but it seemed to be a big week. You know, a lot of uh, you know, like like you said, Hicks could be next week, could be the year. Corey Seager uh, for the Dodgers, that's a big blow for them. Uh, he's been one of the more consistent guys. Stanton. You know, Yankee fans always hold their breath with, with the big guy and, and the other big guy if they get hurt. So, you know, a lot of big names. Roland Acuna, you worry about every time he gets hurt because oh it seems to be always a scare with him. 
But I mean, you know, another week where we don't have a, you know, at least a Luis Robert situation where, you know, you basically lose a guy for a year because you never like to see a guy lose a year of his career, especially if they have that much talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, good to hear guys coming back. Good to hear that, that guys can be back in a week, stuff like that. So yeah. that's always, always good news. Yeah. I mean, it always can be on the, on the worst side of things too. Sure. So that's about it. That's about all I got. Um, I don't know if you got anything you want to throw in. No, that's that's all I got for the week, really. Kind of slow. Uh, not much, like I said, nothing really earth-shattering. Just kind of normal baseball week, normal camaraderie and, yeah. you know, shit like that. Yeah, so that's it. The last thing I got is our trivia question. And I didn't really know what to uh, to do to relate to this topic. But uh, the trivia question for the week is, which franchise has the most ties? Mm-hmm. And this is just the franchise. So it's like if you're talking the Yankees, they were the Highlanders and all that. No, it's just the Yankees franchise, though. And uh, if you want to do it, or, or, or whatever. The Senators. Yeah, yeah, Red Stockings and the Red. It's just the franchise. So mm-hmm. what franchise out of 30 that are in the league has the most ties? And a little bonus if you can guess the number, which I know that's always hard, but mm-hmm. just take a guess at the franchise. And Mike, I don't know, named a bunch of bunch of teams and it couldn't quite get the, the, the name the right one there's only so many old ones you gotta eventually come to it yeah yeah so uh the answer is which franchise has the most ties the answer san francisco giants and the number is 163 Jesus. So this current day right now in baseball they played one whole season and plus one game of ties it's insane of just tying the game yeah i mean like it ties are basically unheard of anymore i mean you've had some in the fair Recent more scheduling and means nothing kind of eh, why play it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. More of a ties other than like, hey, uh, it's dark out. Yeah, gotta we have, go. We have no lights. Yeah. Hold on, it's dinner time. I gotta go home. Yeah, yeah. Cancel the rest of the game. Yeah. So uh Giants have the most ties though at hundred and sixty three. Um obviously it's one of the oldest franchises. You know. Put them right up there with I believe the Reds were up there. Cubs were very close, uh I believe the Phillies, because I believe they were part of the Philadelphia A's. So there was a couple teams there that were all pretty close. I think the second one was 161 ties, I believe. But Giants have 163, mm. and that is the record as of right now. Well, yeah, that, that won't be broken. Well, I, I mean, like... Unless that second-place team gets one of them, a couple crazy ones. Yeah. Or it'll be changes the rules to CPA compared to that with ties and point system and nonsense. Yeah, that'd be that'd be insane. But, uh, yeah, that's our trivia question. That's a good one. I, it... it to, that to me is just like for me is just a stat that would never lived in my head. So I was just guessing. I was like, well, that's an old franchise. Yeah, they had to done it. Yeah, it just it just uh, it's a fun one. Uh, just to think about some of the old stuff and how it used to be ties all the time, especially the Cubs all the way up to the '80s when they didn't have lights. Yeah, they didn't really mm-hmm. have ties. They would just replay them. But that's the concept. It's like up oh, dark out. Let's go home. Yeah, a lot of the ties obviously were in the the late 1800s, early 1900s. Just is what it, it just is what it is. You don't really see... Anything before the 1950s, you had ties. Yeah. After the 1950s, you know, things start kind of... They were more here and there. Right you know? in shape. But, yeah, that's a trivia question, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Uh, I don't know how many people... There's some questions. I'm like, I don't even know how you get this, unless you just guess. But, we, like I said, and I've said it in previous weeks, we put it up as a... Yeah, on Twitter as a uh, multiple choice, so if Facebook you just... Facebook is tough. Yeah. There's no multiple yeah. choice on Facebook. Yeah, so you gotta just, know it. Yeah. But, uh, on Twitter, you get a little help, Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I got for this week. Um, like, you know, I've, I've repeated it already, but not a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Some notable stuff, uh, injuries, hot and cold stuff and, and look out for the CBA. But, um, that's kind of all I got as far as uh, this week. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Just, uh, play ball and hopefully, uh, Pujols has a good, uh, uh, debut. 
Yeah, I'm sure he will, knowing him. He'll, yeah. he'll set the world on fire. It'll be like Manny would, like I said before we recorded. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's it. So let's just wrap this one up. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen to this pod- you can listen to this podcast on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RomaiCapri. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepri. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.